0: Welcome to Delighting in the Trinity with Michael Reeves, brought to you by Union. This podcast brings you teaching and preaching from our archives, and you can find more resources, audio, video, and books at unionpublishing.org.
1: Today is one of the absolute highlights of my year,
0: because this is what we're about.
1: This is it, sending out workers into the harvest field. Because today we're not just saying well done to graduates, but well done. We want to commission you. We want to send out heralds and ministers of Jesus Christ. Men and women who choose Christ over money, reputation, career, Self, graduates, I salute you. You head out into the most rewarding calling. You know, for myself, I am so grateful that the Lord has called me to the ministry I'm in. And not just for the sake of the fruit I get to see, but perhaps even more because I get to preach the gospel. I am required never to be out of earshot of the gospel. And personally, I need that. But while it is rewarding, it is not easy. And our graduates know this. They know what they're walking into. And that is part of why I am so proud of them. For what they face, well, they know they'll face almost certainly opposition, spiritual apathy, frustration. And they may feel that perhaps the ultimate danger they face is moral disgrace one day. The danger of becoming a false teacher Or to use Jude's haunting words, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds, fruitless trees. But you know, before any of those pitfalls crop up, the challenge I expect you graduates to face over the next few years is simply being overwhelmed. Too many in ministry are burning out. Too many, many, they... Well, they find the weight of responsibility builds over the years until they feel trapped in exhaustion and they can feel helpless in it. And they feel, deep down, there's no escape. And I think we all know this, that the more stressed you get, the more you come to believe, I'm the only one who can do this. It's all on me. And it becomes too much. Get me out of here. And it's a slow, steady road that gets you there. It can start with ambition, it can start with just seeing the need. But either way, you feel, well, it's it's yours to sort. And so you get busier and busier. And things like hobbies and relaxing pleasures just peter out for lack of time. And without quite noticing, your inner resources become more and more depleted month by month. Month by month, you're being drained. And it's actually hard to spot because you can be every day with your head in the Bible, preparing sermons, Bible studies, pastoring people. You could even have your daily quiet times and, and yet find, in reality, they've just become the first business meeting of the day. And you go through with your mind just whirring on autopilot. We see so much of this burnout. And graduates, I think that is the subtlest, most likely challenge you will face over the following years. And lots of factors contribute to it. Some situations in ministry can make it almost impossible to avoid. And, you know, you'll be in good company because many great heroes of the faith in the cloud of witnesses have themselves hit this. I think of Spurgeon or Luther, have gone through this. But you can feed it with a it's all on me mentality. In other words, I'm the solution. I am God here. So I'd like to give you Psalm 46 as a mental health pill to keep in your pocket. Would you turn to it with me? Psalm 46, it's sometimes thought of as Luther's psalm for how it inspired his battle hymn, a mighty fortress is our God. Psalm 46 was especially precious to Luther, who struggled with the overwhelming pressures of the Reformation. And he was known when he was feeling cast down, which happened quite often, to say to his friends, come, let us sing the 46th psalm together. Let's see why. Psalm 46. To the choirmaster of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. A song. Let me just pause before we go any further. You know, like many of the Levitical singers in the temple, men like Obed Edom, the sons of Korah, they are a fascinating lot. Um, You remember, Korah, of course, was the Levite who rebelled with his family against Moses in Numbers 16, remember? And do you remember how they're punished? So Korah rebels, and in punishment, the earth opens its mouth and swallows them with their households and all the people who belong to Korah. And they all went down alive into shale, we read in number sixteen. But you may have missed, ten chapters later in Numbers 26, it says, but the sons of Korah did not die out. The sons of Korah are those who should be in shale but have been redeemed, like us. And so they sing, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Salah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salaam
0: friends thank you for listening to delighting in the trinity we want to let you know about two new resources by michael reeves the first is authentic ministry serving from the heart authentic ministry is not simply a matter of mastering professional skills or of endlessly pouring oneself out in works of service rather it springs from a joyful union with the heart of christ the second resource is right with god a little book on the center ground of the Christian faith, justification by faith. For anyone who does not know Christ or is lacking confidence in their salvation, the Bible has good news of comfort and joy. You can order your copy today at unionpublishing.org.
1: Now, those opening words, verse one, so well known, so simple, so hard, to really trust. They are the first step to mental health in ministry. God is our refuge and strength. Not bright, clever, well-accredited graduates, not our abilities, not our hard work, not film night, not a bottle of wine, though regular rest is a good thing. God is our refuge and strength. That is ultimately what keeps us from being overwhelmed. Even though, verse 2, everything crumbles around us, when our situation is utterly beyond us, bludgeons us to our knees, God is our refuge and our strength never failing, never forgetful of His own, as kind as He is sovereign. And in fact, He's not just our safety, He's our strength because He is our supply. Verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High, In the place where God is to be found, there is a never-ending, ever-refreshing source of life. For God is the fountain of living waters. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Meaning that the righteous who come to him, they'll be like a tree of life planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. He is our refuge and our river, our strength and our constant supply. And this is why of our four values at Union, delighting in God, growing in Christ, serving the church, blessing the world, this is why the first is first. Because you will not grow in Christ or serve the church or bless the world if you do not, first and foremost, delight in him. It's not just a devotional nicety, just an optional extra when times are easy. Without being planted at the river, without continually drawing your nourishment there, you will wither. The church is only strong because, verse five, God is in the midst of her, and so it is for every believer. You know, we've seen it historically. Left to herself, Jerusalem proved she was as vulnerable as anywhere else. Without him, we will be shaken. We will crumble. But he is the one who utters his voice and stills the storm. He is the one who cannot be knocked off balance or knocked off his purpose. The one who is with us is the Lord of hosts, that is, the Lord of armies. And Scripture speaks often of these hosts, the, the host of heaven, the angels, the sun, the moon, the stars. In fact, the first time they're mentioned is Genesis 2, where we read, The heavens and the earth were finished, and all their host You know, Luther commented on that. He said, God calls himself the God of the armies or of the hosts. That is, not only God of the angels and of the spirits, but of the entire creation, which carries on warfare for him and serves him. God created all these creatures to be in active military service, to fight for us continually against the devil, as well as against men, and to serve us and be of use to us. Yes, every molecule in the universe moves, directed by the commander of the armies, the hosts of the Lord, who is with us. So, graduates, what should you do to grab hold of this comfort? and so fight that slide into overwhelmed spiritual exhaustion. Well, verse 46 gives a double barreled answer. First, verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Now, the word behold there, it's stronger It's more emphatic than a simple command to look at the works of the Lord. This is a call to gaze, to meditate. And friends, that distinction between looking and beholding or gazing is crucial for your spiritual health. And I say this especially to graduates, minds filled with theology. Because you can think, I know all these things. You can think, look, I sign up to the highest view of God's character, his sovereignty, and yet you can know those things and not have them affect you. Thomas Watson, the Puritan, said, the reason we come away so cold from the Word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fires of meditation. That is, we look, but we don't gaze. We don't deliberately and slowly hold our focus and so shape our perspective. You know, psychologists have often wondered, what is it that makes some people able to cope in a demanding and stressful situation where others fall apart. What is it? And in Auschwitz, Dr. Viktor Frankl made a study of his uh, fellow prisoners during his internment there. And he noted the prisoners most likely to survive were those who believed they had a task to complete when they got out. And he concluded, those who have a why to live for can bear almost any how. Another eminent psychologist, Dr. Aaron Antonovsky, also focused on Holocaust survivors, and he narrowed down the search to three traits, which together give a sense of coherence, comprehensibility, manageability, and meaningfulness. What that meant was he saw so-called hardy or resilient people have a belief that their situation has an inherent meaning. It is meaningful. It's a meaning they can commit themselves to so that they can manage their life, their situation is in some way understandable even when it seems chaotic and out of control. And that, friends, is what the works of the Lord give us. They shape our perspective to give us resilience in the place of desolation. We see what the Lord does through desolations. So, friends, Come, behold the works of the Lord. Gaze on all his ways, especially how through desolations, through suffering, through pain, through death, through the cross, he overcomes suffering, pain and death and makes wars cease to the end of the earth. Come, behold the works of the Lord. The second part of the answer to how we get comfort and fight being overwhelmed is similar and comes in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Now, like the command not just to look but to slowly behold This is an order to cease. The commander says, at ease. It's like when the Israelites cried out, the Egyptians were chasing them towards the Red Sea, and they panic, and Moses says to the people, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which He will work for you today, stop. Stop trying to run the world. Be still for a moment and know, He says, I am God, not you. Because when He increases and we decrease, a load comes off. Do you know, I'd like to try an experiment. Let's see. For one minute, I would like us literally to stop, be still now together, be silent, and behold this simple truth the Lord declares I am God. Ready? Now, just before we do, I think you're going to struggle with it. Uh, Don't worry about anyone making noise. Parents, please don't worry. It's fine. I I think you will struggle to focus for a minute. Your mind will wander off. But what that will show you is actually a good thing. It will show how full of striving you are. How unused you are to being still and knowing that He is God. How, if you're not out doing many things, even when you're in God's Word, your mind whirs to act and solve and control. So, if that is you now and you struggle to concentrate, don't beat yourself up about it. No, He is God of those distractions not despite those distractions, and let them feed your prayer, Lord, change my perspective to enjoy you as God. As it's telling, can we do it even for one minute? Okay, for one minute, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress." Dear graduates, here is the refuge and the river that will guard and refresh you when ministry threatens to overwhelm. Please. Don't leave it till the crisis hits to get your spiritual retreat or fix. The more you behold, the more steadfast and fresh
0: you will be. You've been listening to Delighting in the Trinity with Michael Reeves, brought to you by Union. Union is devoted to growing leaders and growing churches. Our School of Theology equips leaders for ministry. Union Publishing supplies them and their churches with quality theological resources and books. Union Mission supports and financially helps church planting and revitalization. And Newton House, Oxford, invests in the next generation of theologians and scholars. Our vision is to see leaders and their churches the world over reformed and renewed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. To find out about our courses and learning communities around the world, to buy Union books, to discover support for your church plant, or to become a friend of Union and support our ministry, visit www.theola.gy.